They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. That's how we harmonize. That's how we do it I here. Know, I don't know if you guys are out there with hopes and dreams of being in a boy band, but this is how you do it. You don't survive as long as we have without learning to harmonize. So go back to school, stay in school, and learn how to harmonize because that stuff, it doesn't just come naturally. We've worked at it for, for years and years. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on your favorite podcast in the world Thoughts That Rock, where we share eh, a couple pieces of advice. Hopefully it's life-changing, and if it's not, maybe it's not for you. It might not be. But you know what? It's for everybody, Jim. It's really for us. It That's really what is. I think about. That's how I look at it. You actually yeah. could have seen us harmonizing, not just listening to us, no? if you were actually... On the YouTube, as the kids like to say. Really? Yeah, you ought to go and check us out on our YouTube channel. I mean, that thing is going gangbusters five weeks from now. Yeah, and if it hasn't actually been developed yet, just ignore what we said right here and just fast forward in a time and a half, and um, we'll go right this. We should be talking more. Then we don't know thoughts that rock supports Cannibal Kids Cancer and their fight for finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. So listen, just go support them. We do. We have done it for years. We will continue to do it. They're amazing. They have help fund treatments for kids who've been told that there aren't treatments. They go out and find the innovation that needs to happen to save kids' lives. Cannonballkidscancer.org. Get involved. Hey. Hey what? Hey, fan. Hey, fan. Yeah, <laughs> that's an accurate statement. I'm talking to everybody oh, individually. I'm talking to you. Hey, you. Yes. I know how busy you are. You're really busy. You got a lot going on in your life, don't you? Super. Your sure. life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Oh. It's going like 100 miles an hour. It is. And I bet you. I'm just. I'm spitballing here. Are I you? bet. Grabbing a few nuggets. It's hard to come by. <laughs> that sounds wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> At your own risk. I say nuggets. I mean leadership nuggets. Oh, okay. Seriously, for clarifying that. you, fan. <laughs> yes, fan. Can I can I get eye contact again? That's right. It doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. You could be. I don't know. Running errands. Maybe you're. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Maybe you're, Chopping patching, broccoli. Up, maybe you're patching up a flat tire on Route 66. <laughs> Little help. Does no. not really matter. No. Fan. Yes. I just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Thanks, Mom. Boom, boom. Our guest today is George McGarren, who is the founder of the McGarren Group, which is an executive talent acquisition company. First and foremost, George, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. 
How you guys doing? It's always uh, great to catch up with both of you. You bet. Yeah, doing great. And listen, for people that are interested, George has a fantastic bio. We're going to have that whole thing in the show notes. That's uh, you know that's the place where you can normally get all the details. But I just thought we would at least just point out a couple cool highlights. First off, uh, his group is really an expert in executive headhunting. He, he does that throughout the United States and Latin America. And uh, George's group specializes in deal structuring for client and candidate matches, also executive resume writing, professional coaching, and a little bit of strategic career road mapping. And I'm sure George can talk a little bit about that. But here's the cool thing, Brant. George is ranked on LinkedIn as the 30th most connected recruiter in the U.S. He's a big deal. He is a big deal. He's a big deal who handles big deals. (laughs) I see what you you did there. Do you like that? I I do. I like that. Here's even better. He's the 125th most connected person on LinkedIn, and that's out of 300 million users so we're we're george we're expecting a huge bump in our LinkedIn. yeah listen if we don't trend on linkedin i'm calling shenanigans (laughs) yes somebody somebody is gonna get themselves raked over the coals no we're uh we're really thrilled that you're here man just to spend a little bit of time and and share some wisdom with us and uh, we can't thank you enough and if you uh know uh, about our show you, you realize we don't do the traditional long interview format man we're gonna ask you basically one question and so we're gonna leave the floor open to you and and this is your time to shine what is your thought that rocks Thoughts that rock, number one. but my thought that rocks would be you have to lose to win Hmm. And, uh, I think that's an important lesson for most to have in their back pocket you have to lose to win George were you watching my high school football career? <laughs> because we're still waiting. <laughs> You're still waiting for the win. We're still waiting, waiting for, for the, the win. win. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more about that. What is, what, why do you say that? What, why is that your thought? And I, would, I mean, I would say this, but I think for any executive or entrepreneur, right, that's had any remote, uh, you know, success, I, there's a pretty good chance they've also had impossibly more failures than successes right. uh, yep. before that. I, I think I think the nice thing about the, the losses, right? So even if it's in high school football, right? Uh, which I think is a great lesson. I mean, as a kid, if you play sports, you learn how to lose. Um, but I think as a as a business person, you you get to re, if, if you're able to, you get to reinvent yourself again and, and do things properly the second or third or even fourth time around, right? Yeah. So you say, okay, you know, and and this happened to me personally. Uh, you know, I built up a business. I, I was literally unemployed and said, okay, I'm going to start a business, right? And, it, and, and I'm making it seem a little easier than it was, but started a business, grew to 50 people. And uh, 2008, 2009, all of my clients were banks and financial institutions. And I went back to zero. Um, but I was able to, when I went back to zero, I was able to learn and, and reinvent and, and do things differently, which have helped me, you know, through our, our you know, through the, through the sort of COVID you know, coronavirus crisis, right? right? right. So, um, and, and I think, but I think you really, really need to, you really need to have a lot of, I mean, if you look at a baseball player, right, they bat 330 <laughs> at right. the Hall of Fame. Right. So they're, you know, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, and, and by the way, I want to thank you for the bio part. Uh, there's a, there's a quote. So, you know, about me being the 125th most ranked, you know, 30th, you know, I see the stat, but there's a quote that will uh, negate <laughs> what you just said about me. And it says, <laughs> Uh-oh. statistics are, yeah, yeah, here's the. And, you know, statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is suggestive, suggestive, but what they conceal is vital. So you have to be careful when people give you all these quotes. In the back, right? because, <laughs> yes. You know, 
yeah. Uh, but uh, I think I think it's an important lesson just to like you need to be able to 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 learn from your losses and most successful people at least you know and and, and I don't know listen we've had a great run the last couple of years maybe there's another cycle where I'll you know I'll lose again I don't I don't know that yeah. right but mm-hmm. you have to accept that as part of the game and uh, you know I think the ones that do well understand that that these things you know the losses are what really make you a little sharper and a little hunger, you know, because you learn how to, you really learn from those failures. I think you said it best too. And you're talking about, um, you know, every entrepreneur has gone through this. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan as we probably all are of shark tank. And when you watch that thing, you know, not only all of the people up that are on the stage that are, that are pitching something, but all the sharks have gone through. And, and I forget who said first, the, fail forward, fail magnificently. Like if you're going to do it, go all in, but then you got to move past that. And I think that fits perfectly with your thought because you never know if you're going to go, you know, you go through something like uh, divorce, you, you know, it's horrible, right? But maybe your true love is on the other side. You get fired from a job, but that might propel you into being an entrepreneur. And even, you know, since you're mentioning the, uh, the, the pandemic, you start to see that people are spending more time with their families that, that could be good or bad. They're reconnecting with nature. <laughs> Maybe people are getting back into exercise. I just, you know, one, I agree with you. I think it, it's awesome. I don't, I think it's tough for people to do. It's tough for people when they're going through the losses, but I do think you can absolutely come out of on the other side and look at it as something that is happening for you and use it to your advantage. You will get the win. Brant, your team will win eventually. <laughs> is what I'm basically getting to. Well, I mean, I can I can tell you this. I mean, there's, there's I think all of us have had these experiences right in the last couple of months where we've changed, you know, even minor minor behaviors, right? I mean, I, I personally I can tell you this, which I've done through this cool. You know, I, I leave. I, I, I'm I'm blessed that I'm able. You know, I've been able to in a, in a, during during even you know sort of March and April uh, and even May. I was able to go to the office and, and, but I would, I would leave my cell phone at the office at, when I would leave. Right. And, uh, and then I would, the next day I'd come back and the phone was there. Right. But it was kind of, you know, things, those are things that I would have never done yeah. if I didn't have, you know, an excuse to, because now, you know, it's like you go home, my, my, my kids are now the, you know, they play world cup soccer in the backyard, you know, every night. <laughs> right. I mean, literally, uh, and they're, they're physically playing. They're not playing, on, you know, right. Yes. Night, but they're, they're on the week. playing. And and I'd rather you know I'd rather just hang out and watch them you know you know play, watch them than hang out you know be on a phone and yeah. uh, I think all of us have you know learned to do things a little differently. Yeah. My my Starbucks I love Star- I love Starbucks but I don't know but, you know my Starbucks coffee habit is gone. I now make coffee where I'm at you know wherever I'm at. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of lessons you can learn from these things. And uh, if you're smart, you know you're conscious of this, right? I think the ones that do well are, are you're, you're, they're very self-aware. Of, of, of their their time, their actions, and some of their their habits and behaviors, uh, and I think the ones that you know just sort of if you if you haven't learned anything from the last six months, twelve months, then you've, you've made a lot of you know, yeah. Then it's that's that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting sort of as we've been in lockdown here, and depending on the state that you're in, and we are into you know month two, three here, and you know stuck inside watching every possible television show or movie that you have wanted to watch in the last <laughs> six years, uh, in the last two months. But, uh, you know, the last dance, uh, I'm reminded of your quote yeah. here as sort of going through this, this, you know, uh, documentary of, uh, the Chicago bulls, 
uh, in 98, the last season, um, before the sort of dynasty was, was broken up. But, um, you know, this, this whole idea of watching early on in the early nineties, when Michael, uh, first came into the league and, and here Jordan is trying to do it all by himself, but it took them losing a lot to figure out where the gaps were to help support what they needed. And lo and behold, they figure that out and they turn around and win, you know, six championships. So, you know, I think that the loss, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me to see different sort of sports franchises when stuff like that happens, what do you do? Do you blow up the whole team and rebuild or do you try to hold on to a few key pieces and supplement with new talent? And I think that's, it's, it's got to be the same world you live in, right? Uh, dealing mostly with executives with, with very high paid, superly, sort of super high talented people um, of tremendous influence, George. Isn't it sort of the same with, with what you see and do where you either you're bringing in somebody who's going to lead a new charge and do they come in with their own team? Do they work with the current team? Um, how much does that factor in? Uh, to the the wins or the losses, if you will, once somebody gets placed into one of these types of positions, right? And, and they, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of times, so just just you know, step by step. A lot of times, they they they'll, they'll a new leader will walk into a new role. They usually take six months to assess something, right? Mm-hmm. Then they just don't make a rapid decision. So they'll assess the team initially. Um, the one thing, and I, I've been, you know, we work with people that make from, let's say, three hundred thousand dollars a year to four or five million, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting. Some of the mindsets are very similar. One of the things that I've noticed is that they all have a process mm-hmm. that they go through, right? And they, they, some call it a process, some call it a playbook, uh, where they've done it literally over and over and over and over and over. Uh, and this is actually going back to the, you know, going back to the, the basketball analogy. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the, uh, the Netflix. Uh, series yet on him I, i've heard it's terrific um with the, the jordan um netflix program but uh, if you look at i mean his coach right phil jackson he, he did this so he leaves the bulls right and yep. then he goes to the lakers yep and he does the same exact thing right yep. if you think about it yes and uh he walked into the lakers i think they were terrible when he walked in weren't they yeah. they weren't doing too well correct and uh there's a there's a and i'm using phil jackson as an example but you know, they have a process, they assess, they assess things, they have a process and then they implement. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's no question in my mind that like the Phil Jackson's of the world, I mean, they, they took that their lessons from the bowl. You know, it's just, you see that over and over and over and over. Uh, so there are some common denominators between some of the, and you can, you can take that and use that as an entrepreneur, right? You can sure. say, well, here, here's what, here's what so-and-so did or, but a lot of the things, and, and, and listen, you, both you guys are, you know, you have a lot of activity with the events, right? Yep. I mean, the first time or the second time or third time that you've spoken in front of a crowd, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was disastrous, right? Like, I'm sure. assuming it was. For one of us, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> and, and, and you learn. You know, you learn how to empower uh, and, and, and lessen those mistakes. I mean, yeah. people always make mistakes. You make less than before, and you understand there's a process and you, you understand to appreciate the process either positively or positively, or negatively, yeah. right? Yeah. I, well, I think it's, you know, again, if you, you know, the interesting thing for me is looking at it and when it comes to wins and losses, of course, I always go back to my sports metaphors because it's just easier to, to take a look at that. But you look at someone like a Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. right. And, and who 
pretty much spent the majority of his life winning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even even right. in his amateur career, whether that was you know pee wee football into mm-hmm. high school into college, he gets into the pros and he still is winning. He still has the the playoff win uh, in Denver. Mm-hmm. He still has all of these accolades. He goes. And, and switches sports and moves over to baseball. Um, his first at bat, he hits a home run, right? Yeah. Um, b- but all of a sudden, he's hitting, you know, 211, 214. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy. And he has this, he's been for the last two years now in this position Minor. of losing, right? right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's in this position of losing, losing, losing. And it's really sort of interesting to watch what that does to you mm-hmm. when when you're used to winning, right? And so if you if you come from a heritage, as Jim would uh, say with regards to company culture, if you come from a heritage of winning, um, and all of a sudden you experience a bunch of losses, uh, it really says a lot about the potential future of the organization. It actually leads perfectly into our second thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thought that we wanted to share with you, George, is this. That rock number two. Uh, it comes from John Green, the author uh, of um, The Fault in Our Stars. And it says this, grief does not change you, it reveals you. And I thought that that would be just a perfect transition because when you lose, how you behave while you are losing says an awful lot about who you are. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we've seen that. We've seen that with certain organizations who may have had a tremendous run and all of a sudden they run into some trouble and how they behave during that time frame really determines the potential for them to pull out and find that success again. Mm -hmm. Um, George, with, with placing people into these high powered positions, um, do you often find that the people that you place, they take six months to a year to sort of assess and figure out what's happening. I'm reminded of uh, five dysfunctions of a team, right? Of a uh, uh, Lincioni's leadership fable where, where the woman comes in and sort of spends a good amount of time sort of watching and observing before she makes any moves. Um, and it's that same sort of a situation, I think from, from what you're saying, George, but at the same time, when, when you place somebody in a position and there's all this change and uncertainty that's happening, how important it is for them um, to understand that everybody around them right now is concerned about the future of the organization? And what is your advice that you give to these people um, walking into these types of environments? Right. And that's a, there's a, that's a terrific, uh, terrific question. The, 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 most of, and I would say this most of the time. I mean, I think that for the executives that we're dealing with, they they've done so much due diligence right before they even walk in the door. The door. I mean, the the, the level of preparedness that they have mm-hmm. is is parallel to that of right. To you go back to the sports sure. analogy, but uh, you know some of these athletes, right? They're so prepared for some of the things that they walk into, uh, where they and and even you know it's a basic thing, right? Like remembering. You know that the maybe it's a small team where it's got to manage forty people and you know forty people and they've got the 40, the forty people have another thousand people below them, but it's even the basics of just remembering the names, right? Remembering sure. their teams, you know, just just by just having it in, in, in their you know uh, in just in their memory, 
their the level of preparedness is 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 really really impressive, and I that's something I, I've learned from 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 dealing with with folks you know at that level. Yeah, um, they just walk in really really well prepared. Uh, they I, I would I would say I think they I think one of the the fun things about you know some of the leadership people that I've dealt with is that they understand that they're there to to it's it, you know they're there to serve customers and and, and their customer customer sometimes is, is the actual person you know the client who's paying sometimes their customer is actually the employee right the employee yeah. that works uh, underneath the organization and I think they're at times like that their their sense of service increases much more than than another other opportunities right and i think that's their that's that's uh those are the two things i would say when they walk in the door they focus on they focus on you know they focus on being prepared understanding the situation like you said being able to make the right the right decisions but they also, they also focus on you know at a very basic level it's a, everything is a people business right sure. no matter what you sell buy uh if you buy a car or sell a car you know it's, it's a people business if you sell financial services or products it's a people business if you yeah. if you podcast and, and you're you know sure you're, you're, you're a professional coach uh it, everything's people related yeah. and uh i think they get they get that really really well and they take instead of worrying about the, the mat behind all of these problems they treat it like a people problem and uh i think that's one of the things that you can take away from yeah from from leadership and, and people and uh yeah, no, it's been it's been an interesting. There, the third thing I want to say is, yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of people. There have been a lot of people that are just, you know, frantically worried. Sure. They, they as a group, I would say they're pretty calm and optimistic. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would say I won't, I won't say pretty optimistic. They they are optimistic. Yeah. Right. Optimistic in how things will play out three, four, five years from now. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say their level of enthusiasm is, is also extremely refreshing. I'm, I'm in general, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimistic person, but mm-hmm. they also seem to have that characteristic, uh, which is which is great as a leader. Yeah. Jim, now, Jim, you've experienced this, right? Because, I mean, Hard Rock, for a minute, was printing money. Yeah. I mean, they were printing money, and then all of a sudden, they hit a rough patch. Mm-hmm. And it took a, it took a number of years uh, for them to sort of find their way again and come back to now being one of the most successful casino conglomerates on the planet. Yeah. Um, how, what was that like for you being there as an executive during that time? You know, it, we, we call it the seven years uh, of, of the dark days. I mean, honestly, because for 25 years, we really were printing our own money. And yep. then when you have a bunch of competitors, but we also lost our way. And I think any hard rockers that would be listening know that that's exactly what happened in the mid-90s. But then when you start getting back to being your authentic self, and as a brand, we had to go back and do that and make sure that all of our food was made from scratch, the best ingredients, the the greatest music that you could have the the stuff on the walls was authentic the buildings were oh my god i gotta go see it type buildings and so when you start getting back to being passionate and authentic and making sure that you're you know you know just really focus on what got you to that point i think it was one of the greatest turnarounds ever because i think a lot of people probably would write us off so it was it kind of was you know the the chicago bulls all Mm -hmm. over again i think people had written it off as just being a very expensive themed restaurant and of course, like you said, you talk about hotels, casinos, that's really where the money is today. But, you know, you go all the way back to the core, it's it's always because of people. And, 
you know, I think when you start talking about grief, and I know from your point, George, I mean, you deal with some teams, but also some individuals in the placement for for us now as we go through this um, global grief, if you will, right? And I think Mark Cuban talks about, you know, he, he's pretty vocal, by the way, about governments and how stimulus is used or not used and how businesses can react. And he's basically saying how you as a company are going to treat your employees is going to define your brand perhaps for decades. Sure. And so I think to your point, Brant, that you put on here, and I'd be interested in hearing George's you know, points, grief isn't going to change you. If you are already a crappy company, you're probably going to be crappy anyway. If you are awesome, and although we're all going through <laughs> this garbage right now, you can come at it on the other end even better in the way that you treat your employees. So, you know, I, I throw it back over to you, George. I just think, you know, I do think this is going to help improve capitalism as long as you put employees first. And I'm not just saying that because I'm pro team member. Um, I, I just think it's the truth. I think now you don't have any customers as you start to come out of the pandemic, out of the crisis, but you certainly have these employees and how you could be treating people and how you in your world onboard them, help them with their career pathing, whatever it is, you're going to stand out from the rest. Do you agree with that? No, hundred percent. We we the first when, when uh, in back in March when when things you know started to really slow down. I think they just stopped the market, right? The the stock market, the stock market. Um, the first thing we did in our team was we literally sent an email to everybody that's ever worked with us on the executive branding side or the recruiting side. Yeah. And the email pretty much said, "Hey, if there's anything we you, we if, you know if there's anything we can do for you as a resource, please let us know. Or anybody in your family, please let us know. Right." And uh, that was, that's how we reacted to that because I just thought, okay, this is you're gonna have a lot of people that are just worried. Yeah. And uh, m- most of the most of the responses were, no, we're, thank George, thank you for thinking of us. You know, we're fine, but we appreciate the the the, the outreach, right? That that later turned into so many, and it wasn't it wasn't really a, it wasn't a business plan. It was more about it just in, you know sort of sure. doing a human response. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's. I mean, listen, I've had a, you know, I've got a, I've had a great life because I've had some great clients who decided to invest their money in my company and, my, you know, and, and, and besides in themselves, they also, and they invest their corporate, their company money into our firm. And, and, uh, so you have to, you have to always understand that. Yeah. And uh, so we, you know, we sent an email and, and, you know, the byproduct was we got tons of referrals, right. Which turned into to business and everything else, but that was not the intention of, uh, you know, of that, of that exercise, the, I mean, I, I can tell you this, it's just, it's, I have, it, there's always two ways to look at things, right? You can either say, it's the, today, you know, it's a negative, there's a negative view or a positive view. And this is a story. My uncle, uh, it was in May turned 76 years old. And I called him up and said, Hey, you know, happy birthday. You're 76. And he, and then he, you know, I said, how's your day going? He responded back with, yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, it was kind of a very right response. And I said, and I literally responded. I said, "Listen, you're you're 76 today. Like somebody didn't wake up today who has your same exact birthday. Right, yeah. Like you should be. I mean, you could. You know, I turned I turned 45 in April. I was. I mean, I was. I mean, I'm, I'm joining. I, I mean, I think it's a blessing, right? Like you get another year to hang out. And uh, there's always two ways to look at it, right? It's like, um, you know, either I'm broke and I can start over. This is a great opportunity to start over. Or yeah. I'm broke and now I'm broke, right? So you have a choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it's all, it all starts with, I mean, you see a lot of the, it all starts with your, with your, with your, you know, mentally, um, the hard rock, by the way, what a great, what a, what a difference. I mean, I used to live in Florida 
and I went there back in the day. Yeah, and it's like, and I was there. I was there last year, a year and a half ago, in uh, in the Davy, right the Fort Lauderdale. I always say Fort Lauderdale, but the Davy area near uh, Hollywood. Um, what a difference! Yeah, like, what a what? It's like a, it was a different place. Yeah, um, you guys have done a wonderful job with that. So anyway, giant guitar right in the sky now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right, Jim. You know, the I go back to sort of these organizations, and they're going to be remembered for how they treated their employees. Totally. You know, I read uh, yesterday, uh, Toronto Blue Jays are going to pay their entire staff through October 1st, um, as if they were going to, you know, whether they made the playoffs or not, you know, yeah. if, if the season would have continued. And that just, it says so much about the quality of the organization and sort of what they really care about. You see sort of the same things now with the deltas of the world and what they're trying to do, knowing that the world looks different right now, all yeah. the hospitality, right? All the hotels, all the conference centers, um, everything looks a little bit different. And, and these organizations are sort of working through their plans of, you know, do we furlough? Do we lay off? Do we, uh, you know, how do we plan to, to move forward? Um, we want to keep everybody if we can, but if we can't, what's the best sort of thing? And that's, again, this grief doesn't change you. It reveals you and understanding that it's not just about the business. It's about the people. Like, yeah. like George just said, it's, it, it comes down at the end of the day till it's, it is about the people. And as Jim, if you, as, as you have said many, 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 many times, um, the people, are the culture every mm -hmm. time somebody new comes or somebody leaves the culture changes and I, I think these executives have to keep their finger on that pulse during times like this because of the amount of grief that's sort of happening um uh, because of the sort of state of the world that we're in right now. But every time somebody is furloughed or they get laid off, that culture takes a hit. It um, does. And how how do they approach it to try to maintain everything they've worked. So, I mean, this is something that is out of their control. This is not something that they made some bad decisions and, and now they're paying the price. This is something that is completely third party out of their control. Yeah. And I think that, um, for those that, that talk the talk, mm -hmm. <laughs> if they don't walk the walk, gosh, this they're, is they're going to be revealed. It is. It's got to just be, it's got to be an awful scenario for them to really sort of see the underbelly of what they truly believe. And this is why I love, you know, I love George, your thought. And I love this John Green thought that you picked brand as well, because I think, you know, there's, there's a combo of the two here. Grief for sure is necessary, right? Everybody is going to go through it when it comes to having to heal in some way, shape or form. It's just, it, it's, I think people call it even the natural medicine. You, yep. you have to go through that. And there's something cathartic about getting through that. Some people want to do it quickly. Some people need a lot more time, whatever it is, but you're going to have to go through that season. And it, it reminded me, I think George, when you first you know, were sharing your quote, and I was thinking about somebody we've had on the show before, Damon West, um, you might not know him. He co-wrote a book with uh, the, the author, John Gordon. Um, it's called Be a Coffee Bean. And he basically okay. had been uh, sentenced to 65 years in like a Texas, it was Texas, right? Yep. Maximum prison yep. and uh, for, for drug dealing. And it was, he had a, a great core. He just lost his way at some point, um, you know, but, and eventually he got released. He was only in there for about seven years, but he stayed true to his values. And now he shares this message of, how you can be like a coffee bean. It basically goes on to say, listen, you take heat and pressure and water and you can turn it into coffee and you do all these things. But he's now a successful speaker and a best-selling author because he stayed true to his values. And so I go back to your thought of you have to lose a lot to eventually win, but 
you know, to, to this part that we're talking about, this John Green quote, grief doesn't change you. It didn't change him. It revealed who he actually was. He didn't go in as one person came out something else. He was always like that. I mean, other than the drug dealing part, and he will tell you that. He will admit that, but he will say his core values were all right. the same. And so, you know, again, I just sort of throw it back to you as we're sort of wrapping up here. As you deal with individuals, whether they're now going to be working on, let's say, their resumes, because there are a lot of people that have lost their job. There are a lot of people that have been furloughed that probably aren't going to go back to their same job. As you help them, you know, with that professional coaching and their career mapping, what's probably the big challenge that you're going to have to deal with now? Because because a lot of people are going to be seeking help. Right. I think I think the biggest thing is adaptation, right? Like, I mean, the, the, the environment that we will be working in, even from a culture, like we talked about culture before, from an office standpoint, I mean, you're not a lot of people that are now you're going to, you know, folks are going to be working from home or working remotely Yeah, uh, that won't be. So I think, I think some of the, some of the people, you know, and we're dealing with this now, the adaptation of not only just, you know, where are you going to work, but also, you know, who will you work for uh, and, and how, right. But the, there, there's a, there are a lot of people that this could be an awesome time for somebody to pivot in their career and uh and do their next best thing i, I mean I, I'm, I'm literally doing what i love because i was because i was unemployed in an unemployment line in miami and i said to myself like never again will i do this one or never again will i fail because somebody else told me hey like it, you know you, you, you failed right so uh and i was able to to have a great career because of that uh, because of quite frankly the mistake turned into a business model right right, right. and uh so i think people need to know how to pivot they also need to and there's opportunities where maybe their maybe their ego will get in the way where it doesn't pay as well. They can learn a lot of valuable skills. Uh, sometimes you have to suck it up, right? In terms of the ego. No kidding. Um, it, it's it, it's a there's a by the way I want to this is a, you know for your listeners I think it'd be cool for them to check out. There's a guy named Inky Johnson. Have you followed his story? What's his He's name? A football player. Inky Johnson. Inky He's Johnson. A football player. Inky Johnson. Oh, I mean, if you're gonna watch his video, there's a video that you know, I have on YouTube. Uh, if you don't cry, you're, I mean, you know, you're insensitive. I'm telling you right now, you might, <laughs> this guy, this guy is, he's a, he was a guy that was about to be called to the NFL, right? And something happened. He had an accident. He lost, and he lost his arm, right? And he woke up his whole life. He had trained to be an NFL football player. And, uh, and then he just, and he's an incredible story. Inky Johnson, he, was, he played for Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, if you're, your listeners should, should look this guy up, okay. he's a, he's a motivational speaker. Um, that's, that's, that, I think he epitomizes, I mean, he's, he, he, he literally, you know, art, what we're talking about today, and I don't know Inky Johnson at all, but that story is an exact, you know, it's exactly what we're talking about today. That's I mean, he awesome. Took, he took this terrible accident, which wasn't planned and he turned into, to him, what he called later on a blessing, you know? And, Man. uh, yeah, I mean, you should. So I think that's that's you know, there, there's there are people and there's other people that decide not to do that. And I think if you're one of these people that they were talking about unemployment being 20, 30 percent, yeah, there's, there's still 70 percent of people that are going to work, right? Sure. So you can you can decide how you see things. Is it 10 percent? It might rain today, or it'll be 90 percent sunny. You know, it depends on on how you look at those look at those uh, viewpoints. Yeah. Well, George, how can our, our followers and, and uh, listeners, how can they stay in touch with you if um, they want to just sort of continue on and, and, and learn more from what you're experiencing yeah. right now? 
Right. So I would normally say they could go to LinkedIn and just send me a LinkedIn message, but we're, I'm literally maxed out with LinkedIn invites to 30,000. see how so he's growing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rubbing it in there, but I mean, it's just, I can't, right? So the easiest thing is just to look me up on Instagram. It's, it's probably the easiest and quickest way. Okay. They just type in exec, ex, exec underscore headhunter. Okay. Uh, you can just send me a, you know, sort of a direct message or, or just connect with me. Um, that's, that's still, we, I haven't really, we haven't really built that up yet. That's going to be built up pretty quickly in terms of following, but right now it's exec underscore headhunter. Okay. Uh, and you can just look, if you look me up online, right, George McGarren. Yep. Even if you spell the name like incorrectly, you'll still find me. So that's pretty much <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, the best. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the, you know, that's the best way to, to find me. But I think, you know, but, by the way, I want to say thank you for your, you know, the message and, and the value that you add, right. Is, is it's, you give real advice the real problem. So I want to thank you for that as well. No, it's our pleasure. I mean, again, I think a lot of people are doing some really good work and we listen to a lot of podcasts and, and everybody's a little bit different. I think what we want to do is maybe just focus on one really cool truth bomb from, you know, from two different directions. But, you know, I think the stuff that you're working on is invaluable. And certainly depending on when people are listening to this, they're either coming out of this, this scary time and they've gone through a tough season or, they might be having something going on personally in their life. And again, I think, you know, regardless of all the roles that, that we play, you know, I, I think the, you spend the time talking about, hey, listen, everybody's going to go through some loss. It's how you deal with it and come out the other side. And I think everybody can learn from that. So, George, we can't thank you enough, exactly. man, for spending a little bit of time on, uh, on Thoughts at Rock, man. We look forward to uh, keeping an eye on your journey. Yeah, you guys are you guys are awesome. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. You got it, thanks, buddy. George. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Rock on. Rock on. Thanks. Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.